Welcome to Stratcom Live, the podcast for small business and nonprofit marketing. We are excited to have you guys here on the show with us. So I'm Josh Hatcher, and this is... I am Kelsey Bowden. All right. So guys, this is our very first inaugural episode. What we're here to do is we want to help your organization tell your story. We want to help you communicate your message to the people that need to hear it. You know, amplify lot, your message, amplify it, like turn it on right. <laughs> because a lot of nonprofits and small business throw a ton of money away on junk marketing because they don't understand how it works. We're here to help you do it right. Junk marketing and advertising. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I mean, you can spend money on those things, but you've got to do it right. And we want to help you learn how to do that. A comprehensive approach to marketing and communications and getting your message out there and expressing who you are and who and, and what your brand is within your community. So my hope is in that this short podcast episode and in the podcast episodes to come, you not only get to engage with us and have fun with us, but we can help equip you to be able to spread the word about what you're doing. That's what our goal is. There's people engaging with us and having fun with us right now. I'm hoping. <laughs> Which honestly, speaking of which, how about we get to know each other a little bit better? So Kelsey, just real quick, tell me a little bit more about yourself. I have known you for a long time. We know each other. Now, yeah. I, my name is Kelsey Bowden. I am the president and founder of Grand River Agency, and which was formerly Southern Tier Communications Strategies, but now we have embarked on a new rebrand. And I am a communications professional with a range of experiences spanning almost two decades. And I'm just excited to be here. I uh, took a wrong left turn and I ended up at the wrong golf course, it looks like. So <laughs> I figured while I was here, we could talk about marketing or something. That sounds great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you're golf, golf coursing in my backyard, there's plenty of gopher holes to lose your golf balls. I don't want to tear up your yard, man. <laughs> <laughs> so, and I'm Josh Hatcher and I am the vice president of client success at Grand River Agency. And so... My goal is helping to strategize your communications, which, by the way, that's where the stratcom comes in our name because mm -hmm. it means strategic communications, because if you're going to spread the word about something, you need to do it smart. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's right. Yep. And uh, so we're not getting too jargony stratcom. Yeah. So people, <laughs> some people might not understand that, but that is just it, it, it encompasses a, a range of different communications tactics from from content marketing, digital marketing to public relations in, in the nonprofit realm can be even grant writing and donor cultivation and those sorts of activities. So it's a wide range of services that we provide. Definitely. Mm -hmm. So Kelsey, I want to get to know you better. Again, you've known me for so long. No, I know, <laughs> but, but the people listening don't. Mm -hmm. So I'm, let's ask some fun questions. Let's so, do it. So I'll ask this question, you answer it, and then I'll answer it. Okay. If you could eat one meal for the rest of your life, what would it be? Ooh, that would be my chicken marsala. That is, uh, I like to cook. Um, I like to cook for my family, and that is just a, a recipe that I learned years ago with the mushroom marsala sauce, and I could just, I could, I could bathe in that. <laughs> so I could eat that every day for the rest of my life. It's amazing. What about you, buddy? So... Gosh, this is a hard one for me. I am a food addict. I love all kinds of food. I think right now, and this this changes for me. So, you know, it changes. Like in our, a month, our taste changes over time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But right now, I might say something different like a month and a half from now. But right, <laughs> right. 
I would say right now, the thing that I'm craving and I haven't had it in a while to like this degree is like a really good homemade pizza and chicken wings, like Buffalo wings. Mm. Like that is mm. like, Oh, so good. How hot though? How hot are the wings? Like, uh, See, that all depends on the place that you're getting them from or how you make the sauce. I like hot wings. Hot. I, Me I too. Like them. I don't hot, like them. Super hot. I don't like them so hot that you can't taste the flavor, mm -hmm. but I like them hot enough that it makes you, it, you know, it takes a while to eat a dozen wings. That's mm -hmm. when they're right. Right. Know? Like if it takes you a while to eat them and the last <laughs> wing is cold, mm -hmm. then that's how you know they're hot enough. Right. Right. <laughs> that makes sense. That, that makes absolute sense. Uh, so... Yeah, that's, I think, the, the meal that I could eat. Now, what ends up happening, though, like, is after a while, like, when you start eating that thing, if you, like, if it was the only meal you could eat for the rest of your life, you'd last a week, and then you'd be sick of it. Right. Right. <laughs> None of us want that. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Another one, and this is weird, I was, I, I'll, I'll mention uh, a second food, if that's okay. Is that Go all right it. with you? Go for it. And I say this, and probably this would never happen, because after one day of eating it, I'd can't eat it again for another month and a half, but probably like sushi. I yeah. love, like, I love sushi that much. I love the Alaska roll, the Alaskan salmon. But I mean, afterwards, I just, I don't know if I, I don't, I feel like I could eat it every day, but I would just get sick the next day. Does that make sense? It does. Yeah. It does make sense. <laughs> yeah. So I uh, have not eaten much sushi. So I, I like, I've only eaten like my mom got me into it. She lived in Japan for a number yeah, of years. I would, yeah. I, I feel like I would like it, but mm -hmm. I would have to like the little bits that I've tried here and there. I'm like, Oh, that's good. But I'm not a big fan of just eating like just the raw fish. Right. Like I like the, well, rolls. they have different roles. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like things that are actually like a little bit cooked and stuff. Yeah. So I think kind sushi, of <laughs> sushi for Japanese people is like our sandwiches, right? I I believe they have, they might have sandwiches over there. <laughs> I don't know if they would consider sushi like sandwiches, but oh, I think like that's their PB and J is rolled up in right. seaweed. <laughs> uh, all right. So, what's the most unusual job you've ever had? Oh, okay. So when I was in college at St. Bonaventure, I took a semester off and I started just to make money. Just you know, I was what nineteen twenty maybe. I worked at a nursing home kitchen, so I was wearing the like the the hairnet and everything. Oh yeah, it was wild. I was like a dietary aide, and I would be you know coming in at one in the afternoon and, and helping clean up after lunch, and then preparing like the the uh, three o'clock nutrients or whatever for for like the, basically the the resident snacks and things like that, and then I would serve dinner to them and everything. But it was just it was working in a nursing home kitchen. I was the only man working there and it was just me and five other 64 year old women <laughs> and they're all fighting amongst each other and everything all the time. And they have their own ways of cleaning up the dining room and doing the dishes and putting things away and all that. And I'm just like, I'm just here for a paycheck. But yeah, that was, <laughs> that was an interesting experience that lasted about six months before I went back, before I went back to school and finished up. I love it. Yeah. What about you, man? Okay, so I've had a lot of different jobs. Yeah, you've been years. kind of everywhere. <laughs> I've done all kinds of things. And, uh, and, but I, so the most unusual job I ever had was when I worked on a sawmill and stone quarry. My, there was an old guy that hired me. It was after I graduated high school. I uh, needed a job and I, 
I, I was babysitting, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. and that didn't last very long. I, I mean, I did it until I had something better, you know, and uh, this guy from my church was like, hey, man, I think I'm going to reopen the shingle mill. You want to come work for me? And so right. he like, um, you know, he had recovered from cancer like three times already. Oh, and wow. was just an old dude. He, the only reason he opened it back up was to give me work. And he made wood shingles out of white pine. And so like he would soak the white pines in the mill pond and then put them on this 1800s uh, sawmill that was converted to run on a like an old natural gas engine. Mm-hmm. And then it would then we would cut it down. Then we'd go put it on another mill that would like cut the the hunks of log into shingles like at an angle. And so like I would just basically be the guy on the other end of the saw, you know, I'd have to climb underneath this rickety equipment to clear the sawdust uh-huh. out, you know, and and like if there were OSHA regulations, this guy had no idea what they were or cared. It was just like, just don't cut your hand off, dude. And right. Don't be an idiot. That was the only rule. And as long as you weren't an idiot, you're going to be safe. <laughs> and, right. And he was frequently the idiot. So um, I tell you what, there, I watched. There was no fear of like running a file of like OSHA. I, I don't even know what they do. Would they send like oh inspectors to a site or something like yeah, that? Cause just it was kinda randomly because it, like it, like he was paying me cash. You know what I mean? He was just an old dude. Like, you know, like I would, he was paying me cash and it was like worded in such a way so that he could like, like I was a contractor, you know what I mean? Right. Like an independent contractor. So I assumed all responsibility for myself and safety, you know, Mm -hmm. but just with your own insurance and everything. Yeah. Oh yeah. There wasn't any insurance. Uh It was just, it was just like, you know, Hey, it was like a day laborer kind of thing, but I was the only day laborer he had. If he had a doctor's appointment, he'd put me up in the stone quarry (laughs) and I'd like split irregular flagstone. So I learned a lot about like how the, stone work it was just a really fun crazy job and i worked i would work so it's actually one of my favorite jobs i would work so hard i'd get home i'd be sunburned covered in sawdust and like mill pond pine juice and it right. just it smelled amazing and i smelled horrible and i would come home from work and i would just fall asleep on the living room floor until bedtime then i would go up to bed and then i would wake up in the morning and do it again but like i was jacked that was the summer before i met zoe yeah. And I was jacked. Like, I looked like a stud. Not like a stud on a snow tire like I look now. I was a stud. Uh-huh. <laughs> and uh, it was a pretty cool job. But it was it was unusual. Most people haven't worked on an 1800s, you know, sawmill. So <laughs> For whatever reason, what I was picturing there was uh, you said you were sunburned. And that's just, like, the opposite of what I was picturing. I was picturing you kind of, like, down in a coal mine. Or, <laughs> like, working in the dark or whatever. But... I don't know. Maybe I have the wrong idea of the, of the industry. Yeah. It was just out in the field. Like there was no covering over it or anything like that. Right. Just out in the sun. I was just at the very least I was picturing like a cave. (laughs) I got sunburned in the cave. You got sunburned in the cave. That'll happen. It was just reflecting off the rocks. Yeah. So, Hey, I think it's fun to ask these little questions and kind of get to know each other. And you know what, dude, that's part of who we are. I think as a company too, is a lot of people are out there and their goal is to get rich and make money. Right. I mean, we want to make money and we want to get rich. Everybody wants that. Right. Right. But, uh, I think relationships and getting to know people is just as important to us, you know? Agreed. Yeah. Uh, The one thing that you said when we were onboarding with a, a new client about four months ago, um, could you repeat that again? It was about meeting the, like, even if there our clients are a thousand miles away, we still treat them as if we're going to meet them, you know, at the local grocery store. What was your take on that? I, I forget. I, I don't remember word for word, but 
You got to remember know. it word for word. <laughs> no, because it was so poignant, though. It was very, yeah. very accurate but, because that's exactly how we treat our relationships with clients. Yeah, we're, we're here to make friends yeah. and, and help our friends succeed. We want our friends to do well. We, we want to be able to run into them at the, at the grocery store and say, hey, things are working very well yeah. for you. Well, and you know what? And that's the and thing. we're happy for you. And maybe it's because we're small town guys. Yeah. You know, like that literally. For, it is a mindset. It, for most of my career and every job I've worked, I could run into one of my clients somewhere. Right. At the grocery store, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, and I don't want to hang my head because I don't know how, the, how things are going. I want to know that, you know. I've operated with integrity. I've done the best I can and I've helped them succeed because I care about them. Right. You know, and I think that's really kind of, kind of who we are, you know, and how we operate. Yeah. And that's followed us a a lot of steps along the way too. I think some of that comes good because our background, you know, is in, is in journalism. Mine, mine probably a little bit more, you know, because you've been, you've bounced around a little bit in other places too, more toward the digital marketing realm. But I spent more of, uh, a larger portion of my career in local media, interacting with the interacting with the people and the decision makers and power brokers and all of that stuff. And in just the average common Joe that's coming in with a problem that they want you to kind of look into or something like that. It's uh, you know, it's, it's nice to be able to interact with people like that. And now that we have, we have this nice mix of clients because we do have our local clients. We have the ones mm-hmm. that we legit could meet at the at the local grocery store. But we have others, you know, down in South Carolina and in Tampa. And as we're growing, we still treat them as if we're going to meet them at the grocery store. Right. Right. And it's how funny. many times can we say grocery store in a podcast? <laughs> at the post office. At the, at the post office. <laughs> at the pet store. <laughs> you know, I saw you at the pet store the other day buying food for your bearded dragon. For your bearded dragon, <laughs> which made me very happy. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yes. So listen, if that's something that you need, is you need somebody who cares about what you're doing, that cares about your business, that cares about your success. Like I, when I wake up in the middle of the night, dude, like, in the, or, or before I fall asleep, like I get really pumped when I'm reviewing my day. Mm-hmm. I get really pumped about us helping a client succeed. Right. Like, that is what charges me up. I think probably more than almost anything. Right. Is knowing that we hit a milestone that helped this client do well. Right. And so if that's something that you want, uh, I want you to go to our website, grandriver.agency, and check out what we're doing there. Send us a message. We'd love to help you do that. It is an awesome site. You should go check it out. Absolutely. I have, uh, in a similar vein, along with client relations, um, you said you're very pumped about you know going over your day. I'm very, very, very much the same. But I also, because I care so much about how the client is doing, I also have this feeling of like trepidation sometimes. If we're heading into mm-hmm. a client meeting, like the like the other day with one of our clients when we were going over the social media analytics, I, I, I was up all night just going over that again and again and again and again, how that's going to go because the numbers were great. The numbers were fantastic. And I was excited for you specifically to be presenting them to the client um, because I knew that the client was going to be pleased and we were going to be pleased, but I was still going over that thing in my head. Like, well, what if, what if he's, what if he's not as happy as he could be, you know? And I just want to do anything possible to get, so that's not even a possibility anymore. You know what I mean? (laughs) The numbers are so good, you know, and we strive for that obviously, but yeah. uh, Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I know that feeling too sometimes, but 
I think I, I think I get so excited about seeing the success that like, and I, I tend to be a more optimistic person. I think sometimes than you are like, like you're a worrier and I'm like, whatever. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I can, I can agree with that. Yeah. So like for me, like, like I'm not like a nervous Nelly or anything like that, no, but no, I mean no. like there's still like but, the, but it's still rooted in the same thing, right. which is we actually care about the work that we're doing. Right. And we're proud of the work that we're doing and we're excited about the work that we're doing. And we care about the person that we're serving and the organizations that we're serving. And I want to know that we've done the best we can and I want them to be happy with what we're doing. It's right. the same motivation, you know? Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. Again, I'm not a nervous Nelly though. No, I gotcha. I gotcha. I know that. <laughs> you nervous Nelly, you. He's just sweating over this. No, I just, just want to be sure. I always just want to be sure, yeah. you yeah. know, that's, and I think that's, that's what makes me effective in my role. Yeah. I know we're just kind of sitting here talking like these vagaries about like what we're doing without actually getting into it. I mentioned social media analytics in there and it's like, Hey, there's a buzzword that our audience is going to listen to, but yeah, we should probably. Yeah. So what actually does Grand River Agency do? I have no idea. <laughs> I found it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so yes, I founded uh, Grand River Agency, which was Southern Tier Communications Strategies. That's and a mouthful, man. It was. Yeah. Yeah. It, de it definitely was. Um, but that was, I set it up that way specifically just for search engine optimization. Mm -hmm. I knew eventually a couple of years down the road as we were going to grow um, that a rebrand was going to happen. I wasn't sure what it was going to be at the time, but I just wanted it to be apparent. Hey, these are just communication strategies and they're there. It's a broad range of communication strategies, whatever you want to do. And I was, when I started it in March of 2020 and you were there, it, like, you know, helping out with the website and the logo and everything like that, you know, kind of, um, you know, as a satellite to that, would that be the word for it? Like a satellite supplementary something? I'm not sure how you how you would describe your role at that point in March of 2020 at the start of the pandemic. Yeah, I I think that I was, you know, I was kind of serving as an independent contractor. But yeah. I think at first I actually was just like, like you helped me edit a book. Well, first of all, I mean, we have a long history before all of yeah. that, which we can get into in a minute. But yeah, but so like I kind of owed you some some work and you're like, I think I want to start this company. And I, I never, I never felt as if you owed me anything though. I was right, like, right. I was reaching out to someone who could do a very, very good job with the things that needed right. to be done with getting a company off the ground. Right. But you also did something that was a very good job to help me I appreciate it. take my book, which was like, okay, and make it excellent. Right. Like, like I'm like, I put your name on the cover of it as edited by Kelsey Bowden because I was I needed that assistance. Right. You know? And, and so like, and I, you're like, a gifted writer to begin with. No, you know, I, it, it didn't take very long to get that to the finish well, line. Well, that, you know, that book. Or very much effort, I should say. You know, the crazy the thing about process. that book is it started out as, as blog posts, right? Right. And then I, I repurposed it and added to it and expanded on it. And it was kind of jumbled. Like the, like there was even still references to the blog in the some of the chapters of the book. Yeah. So it needed that extra set of eyes on it to help me shape it. Right. So you helped me do that. And then you were like, hey, you know, I'm like, look, like I know that this would have cost X amount of dollars. I want to trade with you. I want to make sure that I give you value for value. Right. So when you need something, and at that time you were like, I think I want to, I think I want to be a painter and sell my golf course paintings. <laughs> <laughs> so you think you could help me do a website when I'm ready to do that? I'm like, yeah. And then next thing you know, you're like, I'm going to launch a company. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, because the painting definitely wouldn't pay the, pay the bills. So <laughs> know, that painting behind you looks beautiful, dude. Did I do that? Yeah. 
It's a beautiful painting. Is that a babbling brook? It looks like a waterfall. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it's it's a very grand river. Yeah, it is a grand river. Yeah. <laughs> I love the imagery with that. And we'll get into that too, because that's where the for Grand River Agency, that's what I was trying to what I was trying to get at was the imagery as a part of storytelling. And that's something that is in our own backyards here, the Allegheny River. So anyway. Um so, so yeah, so so I helped you build your website. Yes. When it was Southern Tier Communication Strategies mm -hmm. and then where did we go from there? Okay, so a good problem to have, and I was actually kind of, <laughs> I at, at the time, I didn't know, March of 2020, I had no idea what the pandemic was going to bring. <laughs> Nobody did. Nobody did. So, I mean, like, it, even, I didn't even know that it was a risk at the time. I mean, like, it was, it was a risk going into business as going into any business is, you know, um, but I didn't know exactly how long that was going to last and how difficult that would make things uh, commerce-wise for for businesses and in nonprofits all across the the globe, <laughs> you know? So, um, but that we didn't struggle and we started getting clients pretty much right away, started getting website jobs and, you know, got our first grant writing client and then our first digital marketing client, um, within the first several months, which is a great problem to have, but we were never able to focus on our own marketing. We were, <laughs> we were, we were always, just, you know, focused on for several years, just client deliverables, client deliverables, client deliverables. Do we have this blog post done for, for Maureen? Do we have this grant proposal done for Mike? I mean, like it was all, it was all that. And then it, your role in that, you know, uh, serving as uh, a graphic design <laughs> guru yeah. a website design guy was to be to to serve the roles that I wouldn't have been able to to accomplish myself because I'm more of a writer so you and I complement each other very very well I'm more focused on the messaging and the writing and making sure that everything is good from that front and you're the one with the eye for the aesthetic so we we worked very well that way and we worked very well that way for years before that in different right. capacities right. too because we met each other I was working at uh, the Bradford era mm -hmm. at the time, you know, and you were working for Olean Times Herald, which mm -hmm. were owned the two newspapers owned by a parent company. Yep, Bradford Publishing Company. Yep, yep. and uh, you know, we we worked there for a few years, and we kind of interacted a little bit back and forth. Um, there was a little bit, not not, not as a lot, much, yeah, not a lot, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then, but I was very, very, very much aware of your work, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because at that time, I was doing design. Because I, I actually so. Similar to you, I have a lot of experience in journalism. Like I said, you might have been doing more day-to-day -day yeah. journalism. I started out at like 16 at a radio station, 14 at a radio station in Countersport, mm -hmm. PA, WFRM, Farm and Home Broadcasting. Uh, and uh, and I, I worked that as a teenager. And then in college, I worked radio. I thought radio was what I was going to do. Mm -hmm. um, and then I worked, uh, you know, like I said, bounced around a lot, but, you know, worked in radio on the side and then, you know, full time and then worked, uh, as a freelance journalist for a long time, mm -hmm. you know, probably while you were still in high school. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know. That would have been while I was still in high yeah, school. Yeah. yeah. And then, um, then, you know, I did my business doing just what we're doing, digital marketing for people. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, it was, I've, I've done that since I graduated, you know, high school on the side. Right. And then there were times where I, where I attempted to make a business out of it, you know, and I would do it full time. And, and I found that that's actually very difficult for a one person 
shop to do <laughs> because you get That's so busy. That's why I had you. <laughs> I know. You get so busy doing creating the deliverables that you don't have time to do the sales and do the build the relationships. And so I, my business, I would, try, I would get it to the place where like we could barely scrape by and then something would go wrong. I'd have a problem with this. I, you know, a, a client would have a disaster and have to pull their contract or whatever. You right. Know? And so I would then go get a job. So I did that for years. In the meantime, kind of keeping the business going on the side. Um, so then we uh, connected there. And then we got a job at another digital marketing place and mm -hmm. worked together for a few months. And um, and it was shortly after that, I think, when all this stuff happened where, where you kind of went out on your own. And I ended up, from the beginning of Southern Tier Communication Strategies, I've been working as a contractor for you, mm -hmm. you know, up until here recently. So... Yeah, now you're now you're full time. Yeah, and I love it. Now I you're full time. It. Yeah. Now we have like, you know, a full time team in addition to the others that we have that are more, yes. you know, part time contractors and interns that are serving different roles, you know, within their areas of expertise, which are all of tremendous value to us and to our clients. But yeah, having yeah. having you having you with us full time focusing, you know, just what your title is, VP of client success. That's exactly what you are you know, that, that is incredibly valuable to have. Yeah. Yeah. Like I know that at the place that we're at right now, a lot of what we're doing is still creating deliverables ourselves, but we're building that team yeah. so that we can be strategizing and, and planning and putting those things together and directing, which I think is really a neat, uh, it's really neat to see the way that it's, it's growing and we can look at the vision for the future and be excited mm -hmm. about it. So, right. Well, three years, it, like, it seems like such a long time because and it really does feel like that, but it's also, it goes by so quickly too. Yeah. It's just a blink you for know? me, dude. The world has been crazy the past three years. It, well, it has, but I'm just, <laughs> just strictly from the business standpoint, you know, yeah. the three years, it was a long haul to get to the point that we're at today. Yeah. A long haul. We've done a lot of work for a lot of people. Yeah. But it also went so quickly. Like why is time like that? <laughs> well, my friend, it's like watching your kid grow up. My friend know? Mike Kids. says, says that it is, life is like a roll of toilet paper and the fast, the, the faster it goes, the closer to the end that it gets. Right. You know, when you first start it out, it's a big roll and you're just taking a couple sheets off at a time. Then you get to the end and there's just a little bit left and it goes faster. It goes so. faster and faster and faster. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, so you have a burning question in there. I do have a burning <laughs> question and it's like smoldering in here. I'm trying to put it into words. Uh, why do we call it Grand River Agency? Ah, well, the the imagery that I that I really appreciated. Uh, we're here in you know, northwestern PA, southwestern New York, and the Allegheny River is right in our backyards, and it's just this beautiful, this beautiful, picturesque thing that I think a lot of us take for granted. Honestly, I mean, I mean, in in it's. Uh, a place that has not only been known for its natural beauty, but it's also a place that has driven commerce mm -hmm. since the establishment of our area, since it, Be, since the settlement of our area. Actually, before, before that. Oh, yeah. Because the natives. With the natives. Well, yeah. 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 So for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years. And I just love, I, I can't really pinpoint exactly. I just love the imagery of that. And when I was thinking of this rebrand for the the new website for Grand River Agency, I was just like, I just want to capture that aesthetic somehow because it means something to me. Well, you when, know? when you mentioned it and you started talking about that, like I got goosebumps because <laughs> I grew up, the Allegheny river starts in Potter County. I grew up in Potter County 
comes out of the ground in springs that all come together in Potter County. Right. And it goes all the way through the little town I grew up in, Rollette, and it was in my backyard. Like literally, literally in your backyard. backyard. Yeah. So like I grew up swimming every summer from the time that school let out until the time that school went back in. All of my summers were spent swimming and rafting and fishing in that river. Right. You know, like like I think it runs through my veins. Right. So do you know what Allegheny actually means? What does that mean? Great River. Great River. Or Which, Grand River. Yeah, the same thing. Right. <laughs> I just and, and I didn't want to be thing. Allegheny River agency. Everything Yeah, I, everything I, around here is Allegheny something. Yeah. So Well, everything is either uh, up where I am in Olean. It's either Southern Tier something or Allegheny something. Yeah, it's yeah. always always that. So I wanted to have I just hit the microphone. Wanted to have good. something a little bit different that expressed the same idea. The same concept. Yeah. And I, I feel like it has a a good ring to it. So that so I love the the concept of it too. Like from the very beginning, the natives would use it to go up and down the river to to trade fur and sure. to, you know, just just to transportation and, and that was how they operated. And then, you know, when you think of like cities like Pittsburgh, I know you went golfing in Pittsburgh recently, right? Yeah, down to Oakmont, yeah. <laughs> Which was amazing. You know, Pittsburgh was built from the timber from up here. All of the hemlock and white pine trees that were like massive. Right. Those, those you know, old growth trees, you know, they would cut them and they would put them in the river and they would float them down. And that's what built Pittsburgh. Right. You know, in fact, there are still buildings that have those old timbers in them. And how did they get there? They got there over the river, which I think like really fits who we are. Right. You know, we're here to help be that avenue for our clients to be able to to get their ideas, their message, their, their products, right. To the market. Right. Absolutely. So, um, back to, I guess the start of Southern tier communication strategies, which became grand river agency. That was shortly after I had left, uh, I I was working for a small local nonprofit in the health healthcare realm Mm -hmm. as a grant writer. And naturally, I mean, and this is a small nonprofit, so we're talking a staff of like six full-time people and like, you know, they, they did some other stuff with, with volunteers and everything like that. But I mean, it was very small and being the person on staff who had the, that writing skill set, so in addition to the grant writing, which was like my title, I did a lot of the, the digital marketing stuff and the PR and the community outreach and the social media posting, Th- things that I've been doing for my entire career in one way or another, that just kind of fell on me. And when, uh, when I left there and I, and I was looking into to starting, this, starting this agency, I wanted to take all of the skill sets that I had gained through the years, starting with journalism starting as an intern in the sports department at a small local newspaper all the way up to, you know, winning the awards that I did and then going on to be city editor and then moving on just out of necessity because I was raising a family, you know, uh, moving on to digital marketing and then moving on just to, to the, to grant writing because it seemed like it would be an interesting, interesting change of pace and a skill set that I wanted to develop. I wanted to take all of that and put that into something that we would be able to serve small businesses and small organizations that I've known through the years that otherwise they wouldn't be able to afford the full-time services, like a a full-time marketing manager. I mean, if you're paying someone $90,000 a year, a lot of those organizations just cannot afford that. So everything, those responsibilities fall to either like (laughs) a, a team of one 
mm-hmm. or they they're done by committee by people who are just like, Hey, this is a part of your day. They have, mm-hmm. they don't have the skill set to do that. They don't know how to even writing a press release has an art to it. Yeah. You know? So I wanted to be able to help them with that on a contract basis. So they're not spending, <laughs> they wouldn't mm-hmm. be able to get to that point anyways. You know, hopefully we build them up to the, you know, to the point where they could hire more staff and they would have more communications capacity. But as it stands right now, we're happy to serve these organizations that otherwise wouldn't be able to to build that capacity on their own. So you mentioned press release, which brings to mind one of our services that I think is worth talking about the, the, the publicity, yeah. public relations end of things. PR. Love it. Dude. So we have this distinct advantage that most people don't have is that we have this career in journalism. We right. sat in the newsrooms reading press releases and then figuring out what needed to go in the newspaper or on the radio. Oh yeah. All day long for years. So years, <laughs> years, uh-huh. like, we, like we worked as editors, like, and that's the thing most people don't understand about, especially small towns. Like you're not just a journalist. You're also an editor because you're editing, you know, the paper you're, you know, you might get pulled from, from, writing to layout one day because they need the help because somebody's got the flu. Sure. So like we did all the jobs in those places and like, we know exactly what the person in charge of that newspaper wants to have on it. Right. So we have the code, right? We, ha- we, we know the, the, the hack to take your message and get it in front of, you know, potentially millions of people. Cause we've done that, you know, oh, I, for sure. I had a, a client who's actually one of my best friends. I call him my client. Cause I love this story, by the way, this dude, is, this dude, is fantastic. I, I could probably tell 10 of these kinds of stories, but every time, every time you say it to someone different, I'm just like enthralled. By it. <laughs> <laughs> so my friend, Justin Willoughby, uh, who's got his own podcast, the 600 pounds down podcast. You should go check it out. That's fantastic. Uh, he used to weigh 799 pounds, <sighs> dude. <sighs> it's massive. Uh, mm-hmm. And he, like, you know, decided to change his life. You know, his first exercise was one step, you know? Yeah. Dude, life, dude has lost 600 pounds. His yeah. life has drastically, radically changed. And so when I first met him, um, I, I was working at the radio station. And so, like, you know, and I had friends at the newspaper. And so, like, like somebody noticed his story and did an article about him. And he was very frustrated because for him, his story, like the heart of his story is it, what changed his life is he, he, uh, his faith, yeah. you know? Yeah. And newspaper people, a lot of times will just like, like edit that out of the story because they don't understand it. Right. Right. And so the like, cutting room floor, right. Like, yeah. okay, who cares about Jesus? It doesn't make sense here, you know? Right. And so like talking to him, like I, like I started kind of coaching him how to word it so they don't edit it out. Right. Right. Just from that perspective, like if you say this, it'll give you more traction than if you say this. Right. You know, how to tell your story in a way that's going to get noticed. So I started helping him do that. And then eventually um, he got to the place where he had an opportunity to go. uh, There was a doctor that offered him money to or offered him like a surgery to remove a lot of his extra skin. Yeah. And um, so I'm like, hey, let's let's help help you write a press release. Right. about you doing this fundraiser. And so we did and it got picked up. It got like it it the ran it in the local paper. I and what I did is I wrote it as a feature story. Right. So as though I was a journalist sitting in the newspaper, I wrote the story as a feature story. 
that is a feature story that right yeah. you know not, that's not, not like, that's not a 350 word press release no like, I, announcing I wrote, some initiative that, that, that's a right, feature story right so i wrote it as a feature story yeah uh send it in as a press release they didn't edit a single thing i think they might have changed the style because you know i, I hate ap style but you, you know, it always annoys me. I always, I had Oxford commas, and but I send it in. And I love AP style. <laughs> we couldn't be more different that way. I love AP style. I, that was hammered home in my head when I was in college. Yeah. AP style. So, so we send it in and it got picked up by the local newspaper who was a member of the Associated Press. Right. So it got picked up by the Associated Press, got noticed by Inside Edition. Inside Edition uh, does a, does a piece on him about when he goes to get his surgery done. Right. So that got attention and it's out there. So a few years later, he hit a bigger milestone. So like, he, like he hadn't lost 600 pounds yet. That was like 400 pounds. So we, when he hit the 600 pounds point, we did another press release feature right. story and send it in again, Associated Press. He gets called by, uh, you know, and his paper was all over the country. So he's getting emails left and right of people like inspired by what he's doing. Right. So, uh, he gets called by, in the same day, he got called by Good Morning America and the Today Show, and they wanted him on their show. Right. And no, neither of them would work. Like, neither of them wanted him if he went with the other. <laughs> so I'm, I'm in, I'm like, dude, and he's like, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to tell these people. I have no experience with this. So I just basically became his, his mediator, you know? Yeah. I'm like, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to be your publicist. And His so I helped him, yeah. helped him navigate it. And then he, he had, they said, Hey, look, when you come out, you can bring uh, two people with you. We'll get, you put you up in two rooms. You know, this is for the today show. Yeah. Put you up in two rooms. And so he brought his wife and brought me and I got a room to myself and, you know, like right near Rockefeller center. Right. And got to go to 30 rock and on the set of the today show with him. And, wow. you know, he, he told his story live on the air. I had breakfast with fallout boy. You know, I love that part of the story. <laughs> I was waiting for that scum. H had breakfast in the in the Today Show green room. You know, went up to met Matt Lauer, who had just used Purell, so he wouldn't shake my hand. So he gives me an elbow bump, and I was like, "This guy's a creep." Come to find out, he really was a creep. Yeah. And then, well, that's neither here nor there. <laughs> yeah, that's not a part of the discussion. But and then we went out, and before we went, like like the week before he went out, as we negotiated and get it all set up, we we hammered out a fast dirty website design to get something on the internet you right. know? and then uh we went out and as soon as we got back to like we, we left the studio we walked down to central park and just sat on one of those big rocks you know and our phones just started going off ding 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 from all the notifications of people going to like his facebook page and interact with his social media posts and sending him emails from his website and I just looked at him like, dude, your life is about to change. Right. So I don't know. I just tell him that crazy story because it's such a cool moment of. Uh, went, went viral. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. For sure. And, you know, like, so like, I mean, I can't promise that everybody, you know, you know, the, the small business that, that just, or the small nonprofit that just launched a new initiative that's going to change their community. I can't promise that we're going to get you on the today show, the today show. But what I can right. do is we can totally like. We can totally help you communicate to especially your local audience right. what you want to communicate. Right. You know? Yeah. Well, the, the Justin Willoughby story, like that's an extraordinary circumstance. Sure. That's an ex extraordinary circumstance. So, I mean, naturally, it's going to garner the national 
media attention, something like that. But it's just as important, like you said, I, if there's some sort of nonprofit initiative or or your your small business has begun a collaboration with another local small business, that's still it, that, that's a valid story. That's a valid story yeah. worth telling, and it's a valid story worth making waves within your sphere of influence. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're here to do. And and we, you know, I know that both of us in our work as journalists have helped many people do just that. Sure. So I feel like we, we, we've got something there to offer that's very different than what a lot of marketing agencies are doing because we have that specific experience. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Anything else we want to say about what we're doing at Grand River? Other than the fact that we're just here to help you amplify your message in whatever way, whatever way that we can possibly that's why I don't want to like, I didn't want it to just be a digital marketing agency, right? You know, where it's just focusing on search engine optimization, where you're just focusing on Google ads or something like that. Like I wanted to be professional storytellers Mm -hmm. to give a voice to the voiceless. I mean, like, you know, give me a Cape, I guess, you know, that sort of thing. But that's, uh, that's what we're, that's what we're here to do. And it's, uh, a commitment of mine forever. <laughs> and we're, we're too far down the path to fail at this point. So. Right. <laughs> so speaking of being professional storytellers, are you familiar with Donald Miller at all? Have you heard of his work? Yeah. Yep. So uh, I love him. He wrote a book called blue like jazz. That was his first book autobiographical just talks about mm-hmm. his, his uh, journey through faith. And so it was really interesting, but then he kind of became this marketing maven and wrote a book called uh, building your story brand. Mm-hmm. And I thought it would be cool just since we want to make sure that we're adding value here. Like this is not just us goofing off on microphones. We want to teach you things that can help you. Like his story brand model is super helpful. So I'm going to try to make sure we leave a a link in the show. I was going to say, yeah, at the very least, let them see the graphic. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, We'll have have a link in the show notes or maybe we'll even share the graphic on our blog so you can look at it. But uh, he's looking at your story as as or, or even actually it's not your story that matters it's your customer's story that mm-hmm. matters right so you know the the people that you are serving the people that you are helping so like if you're a nonprofit your customer we learned this from um from our friends at major gifts ramp up and uh the national association of nonprofit organizations and executives nano right nano yeah. yep. we um you know they say that if you're a nonprofit your donors are your customers that's right right and completely, so, completely different way of looking at it. But it may, it, without the money, without the money, you have no mission. Right. Yeah. Right. Your donors are your primary customers and they are paying for the privilege of providing this service, essentially. Right. So if you're a nonprofit, when you're telling your story, you've got to understand that it's not really your story. You know, like you're, you're also trying to tell the story of the people that you're serving and y- your role in that is to help them succeed. It has to be outwardly focused. Not, right. Not, right. What I've, what I've come and not to cut you off or anything, no, what I've, what I've come across with a lot of nonprofits is the messaging is not outwardly focused on how they're impacting the kids. It's, it's, it's inwardly focused. Here's what we do is what they're essentially mm-hmm. saying. No, no, no. Here's how people are benefiting from you. That's mm-hmm. the, that's the primary story there that you need to be telling. Right. And that appeals to, I, it, in an awesome way, appeals to the people who need to be aware of your programs and services as a nonprofit to benefit from them. But it also appeals so much to the donors, 
the the grant funders, the foundations, because the first thing that they're going to do if you submit a proposal for funding, if it's a grant proposal or if you're just reaching out to, you know, a a wealthy benefactor, the, the first thing they're going to do is check your social media presence to see if you're actually dis- accomplishing the things that you say you're going to accomplish. And the, in the only way that you can get that across in the digital realm is by telling those stories. So I cut you off there. I'm so sorry. No, it was, I, but I brought that up because it, it's important Very. because as we start looking at the story brand, it helps yep. you understand. So like it, whether you're a nonprofit or a small business, it's important to understand who the story is about. The mm-hmm. story is about your customer. Or if you're a nonprofit, it's your donor, yeah. right? So the story starts out with a character. And in this story model, you can look at it, and it basically is like every heroic story ever told. It's Star Wars. It's Lord of the Rings. It's uh, Halloween. <laughs> I, I do love the Halloween movies, but I don't, I don't... Kelsey is obsessed with Mike Myers. Yeah. I get a Mike Myers gift once a day from... <laughs> He's talking about Mike Myers from from Austin Powers. Actually. No, not that Mike Myers. <laughs> Mike, Michael Myers, who is who is evil. Right, right. But you have a character yes. who has a problem. He wants to kill people. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah. We're, we're getting rid of the Halloween discussion. Yeah, we're, yeah, we're going to end that now. Yeah. Okay. No, we have a character. It, this is the hero story arc. Right, yes. right. So we have a character who has a problem, and he meets a guide. And the guide gives them a, pa- a plan and calls them to action. And then that call to action either ends in a success or helps them avoid failure. Right. Right. So if we Star Wars, you've got Luke Skywalker. He has a problem is that, you know, the he's living under uh, the tyranny of the Empire. Mm-hmm. And he meets, first he meets uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi or Yoda. Both of those two are his guides in the different movies. Right. Meets a guide. The guide teaches him the path of the Jedi and tells him, you know, calls him to action and then it either ends in success right where he defeats you know the empire or it or avoids failure depending on which movie you're in or which story you're in and so i think it's really important to understand that when you're telling your marketing message your role is that you are typically the guide yeah you are the one who's offering help to your character, who is your customer or your donor or whoever. And I think that framework is really important to understand the process of the story that you're telling. So as you know, with Grand River Agency, I know we're kind of telling our story and the things we've done, but what we're really doing here and what this is really about is it's about you. We want you, and and I'm saying you, not Kelsey, but you, the listener. Yeah, you were pointing at me. (laughs) (laughs) We want, you know, you, the listener, like, we're here to be the guide so that we can help you develop a plan that calls you to action that either ends in the success or helps you avoid a failure. I couldn't say it any better than that. That was perfect. (laughs) (laughs) That is right. Yeah. So yeah, be sure to share that. Check that out. Well, let's put it in the blog. Yeah. Yeah. Let's put put the the graphic graphic in the the blog. blog. Yeah, absolutely. And and, And I'll link to Donald Miller's book and some of those resources because there's stuff there that really help you. Yeah. Read that. But it's definitely good stuff. Yeah. So, Oh, well, man, before we close out, I, we've told a lot of stories and I think stories are our bag. Do you have a, I have, do a, you have something else for I have us? a story? So we talked about being in journalism, right? Yeah. So back in like 2004, 2005 ish, I worked at a local radio station, but I lived like 45 minutes away and I was on the morning show 
So I had to be at the radio station. Actually, I had to be at the police station to read the blotter. I was the news director at the time. Mm-hmm. I had to read the blotter at like 4.45 in order to get to to get back to the station to write the stories as quickly as I could, most of which I stole from. You should have reported live <laughs> to read the blotter. Right. And so, you know, so then I would come back and I would write the stories. I'd, I'd read the newspaper to get thing like, like we did, like we, we would steal stories from the newspaper. Yeah, because, that happens because that's just the way. And they would steal stories from us, but they had more details because they were longer form. You know, I, I remember some, <laughs> when I was a reporter, I remember some of my stories being read verbatim over the air. Yeah, you no, know? <laughs> I never did that. Yeah, I, I was always... just like, oh, yeah, I remember writing that literally <laughs> like because I, I was working like 70 hour weeks. Like I remember writing that on deadline literally six hours before yeah. when I was going back to the, the office listening the worst, to it on the radio. The worst thing was <laughs> when you when you would when you would be rewriting a story. My goal is when you're doing that. In the news, in the news industry, because you have to in the newspaper, in the, the news radio industry, you have to be quick, and you have one person to do what five people are doing at the newspaper, yeah. right? And um, so we didn't have the ability to send out reporters to everything that we wanted to. So there would be meetings and stuff. So my goal was to only write what was publicly available, right? Right. It was public record that yep. I could go and look up myself. I hated when like the newspaper reporter would make a mistake, and then I would carry on that mistake because I didn't have the time to do the work myself. Anyway, it wasn't me who made the mistake, by the way, folks. Right, right. This was when you were still in high school. Yeah. (laughs) But all of that to say, I'm driving at at four o'clock in the morning. I go, I'm coming down Looker Mountain Hill. And before I was on Looker Mountain Hill, I fall asleep while I'm driving, which I did frequently. And so I'm like, that's terrifying. Dude, I drove that whole route. Asleep. asleep. And so there was a turn that I would have to make to that would cut off some of the time and I slept through that turn and then I'm going so I'm going straight and I'm going and up straight this, into a tree. No. I'm, I'm going up this different hill, but it feels very similar to the hill if I had turned. Right. But it's just not quite right. You know what I mean? Like um, I could robot drive it, you know, and I'm like, that's not right. And then I get down to the bottom of the hill and I wake up coming going through an intersection with two cars coming at me from both directions <laughs> i'm like whoa i'm gonna die and so like i could slam on the brakes and get hit by two cars or i could step on the gas and it was not a four-way intersection it was a t intersection yeah and there was a house directly in front of me slammed on the gas jumped their ditch the car slammed down when it did my glasses flew off this was back when before i had my eyes fixed and yeah. i had to wear glasses and I just missed the house by like two inches. And so I'm bending over to pick up. I'm shocked, shocked. And I I bend over to pick up my glasses and my shoulder hits the horn. And I'm like, what the, what the heck, dude? What the heck? And so I get my glasses and this guy comes out and he knocks on my window and I get out of the car and he was like, what are you doing, man? He thought I was a drunk driver because of the hour, you know? Sure. Like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I, I got to get to work. I'm late. <laughs> you know, I don't know where I am. And I said, where's your driveway? And so I drive through his yard and I leave and I was, I, I was late because I had no idea where I was. I ended up on some other back road. I finally figured out where I was. I made it to work. Didn't get to stop at the police station. Mm-hmm. So I called the police when I got to work. I'm like, Hey, uh, you guys have anything happen overnight that, you know, that we need to report on this morning. And he's like, Oh, yeah. Yeah. If you're at work, I'll send an officer down to talk to you about it. Huh? That's weird. What? (laughs) 
cop shows up. Mm-hmm. Hey, did you run into a house this morning? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So that that was a crazy story. So what happened? So I he he looked at the car like he's like I see a dent on your car. Is that from running into the house? I'm like, no, that dent was from a deer. If you look, it's covered in like an inch of dust and dirt. You know, like it's not fresh. And he confirmed it. So then they were teasing me about it on the air, right? Because it was oh a morning God. show. It was like the morning zoo kind of shows, you know? Yeah. So I would read the news and then they would make fun of me all morning. That was the radio show. And that's so mean. And they're, and they're making fun of <laughs> when me. When it was the radio show every day. Yes. It's just yeah. like, here's the news and we're just going to make fun of Josh here for the next two yeah. hours. And then the guy whose house I almost hit calls in. He's like, Oh, well, now that I know it's you, I'm, I'm going to call the police and tell them not to worry about it. <laughs> You're fine, man. It's all good. Did you get a chance to talk to him on air? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. I had no idea where I was. I was You're... asleep. I woke up in your yard. <laughs> You're like, hi, hi, buddy. How are you? <laughs> Long time no see. <laughs> oh. And and like, there was some damage on his house, but I'm like, I'm like, like it was already damaged, and he thought that I did it. You know, I'm like, I didn't hit the house. I swear. He's like, no, I believe you. I went out and I looked and I realized it was something old. You know, I saw it in the dark. When I see it in the daylight, I realized it wasn't from the car, you know? Right. So. Right. Yeah. That was a, that was a crazy time in my life, man. That's one that I hadn't, hadn't heard before. And I I like that story. Dude, I've got a million stories. I know. I know. And I want to hear every single one of them. Good thing we have this podcast. We can just sit here and just yeah. listen to Josh stories forever. Well, I, I know there's a lot of good Kelsey stories too. So I, uh, I kind of want to, you know, like since storytelling is our thing, why not have some fun with it? Right. Right. I don't remember any of the stories. That's I'm, just, right. I'm just kidding. We'll pull, we'll pull them out. We'll yeah. Pull them out. Yeah. I'll, I'll have to just, you know, make a little journal of like, well, what happened in 2017? You know, <laughs> run down through all of that yeah you'll have to you have to see if you can remember some awesome stories so listen if you appreciate what we're doing here at stratcom uh i want you to make sure that you get plugged in with what we're doing i want you to i want you to amplify your message hopefully we're giving you things that can help you amplify your message to serve your customers to serve the people that you're trying to serve hopefully we're giving you information that can help you but if you're looking at it all and you're overwhelmed and you need a hand, I want you to go to our website and I want you to reach out because that's what we do. We're very accessible. Yeah. Very accessible. Yeah. Uh, in fact, every page on our website almost has a contact form on it to make sure that you can figure out how to get in touch with us. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so just go to grandriver.agency mm-hmm. uh, and, or you can find us on social media and shoot us a message because we want to help you succeed. We want to make friends with you and we want to see our friends succeed. That's what we want to do. Shoot me a text. I like texting my friends. Do you? Yeah, <laughs> yeah dude, I do. Dude, if I you text, text you all day. If you text Kelsey, be prepared that he will probably send you memes and gifts all day. Yep. Yep. That's that's pretty much it. <laughs> it entertains my brain. Well, I, I I want to appreciate you guys all for tuning in to Stratcom, the small business and nonprofit marketing podcast. Uh, again, make sure you check out our website at stratcom.live because we're going to have not only the content that we're creating there, but we're, we're going to be putting in marketing content from all over the web that is going to be helpful to you. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's going to be lots of stuff there that's going to help you. Because honestly, whether or not you are our client, we want you to succeed. 
You know, we want to know that, that we've invested in helping you succeed. Correct. So, so go there and you'll learn stratcom.live. Subscribe, leave a rating, a review, so that we can make sure that other people also can learn about how to tell their story well. That's perfect. I'm excited, I, I couldn't have said it any better. Thank you so much for that. <laughs> Making well, my job very easy. <laughs> well, Kelsey, we all have a story to tell. Yes, and let's tell it well. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Oh, <laughs>